Here we go. Here we do it. Here we do it. Hello to our online peeps. Hola. Hola. Did you know that it's move out day? If you didn't know, we are moving out of the castle yes, we out. today. We've loved it and we're super excited about the opportunity that is at Mayo High School and all that it will provide for us. Absolutely. Here is what you need to know. We will be having two in-person services every Sunday at our new times. Are you ready for this day? Yes, yes. 9.30 and 11 a.m. Did you hear that? Yeah, 9.30 and 11. Yes. We want to allow you and our setup teams a few extra minutes of hush. You know what I'm saying? So, if you would like to join our setup and teardown team, let us know today. When you arrive, you want to make sure you enter through door one. Everyone repeat after me. Enter through door one. Enter through door one. It's on the west side of the building and make sure to park in the north lot when you get here. And did you know that Echo could be your place, your people, and your purpose all in one space? It's a beautiful that. thing. I totally knew that. Yes. We encourage you to take your first steps into this life-giving local church and find the community and the support that you've been hoping for. Let us know that you're out there or stop by on a Sunday sometime. We would love to connect with you. And we want to thank you for your generosity and yes. thank you for giving of your tithe, which Absolutely. is 10% of your income mm -hmm. as worship to God and His kingdom work. If you are looking to give, head to our website or text any amount to 84321. Enjoy, Enjoy Echo, Echo online service. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your
Sorry, I really screwed that up. Let me do that again here. Okay, here we go. Okay, oh, let's come up here. Oh, oh hey, guys. Oh, happy Easter, happy Easter. For those that don't know, I am uh, the dysfunctional lead pastor of Echo Church. Uh, and as you see, uh, we got some problems today, and it revolves around me and me only. How many would agree that the band just killed it today? Didn't they do a phenomenal job? Great work. Uh, it is, uh, what a wonderful day uh, to be here and to, uh, to, to just pause and remember what Jesus has done for us a couple years ago. Um, I want to tell you a story here. I want to tell you about this. Uh, in the back of my yard is a black walnut tree. And when, when late summer comes uh, and early fall, these, this is a lime, but it looks like a lime, falls. I don't want anybody judging me out there today, you know what I'm saying? These begin to fall by the hundreds all around this walnut tree. And what, what I've realized is shortly after it falls off the tree, it begins to decay and it begins to just, again, it just all over that portion of my yard. Um, and I, I gotta be honest, I have the fattest squirrels in the neighborhood. <laughs> and I have a wood, uh, a wood pile that I use for my sauna that I built in 2020 because everybody needed hope that year, do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> And, uh, and usually I take hope away from uh, the squirrels every now and then when I take some wood off that pile and I find a pile of these walnuts that they have collected and they plan on eating. Now, I don't wanna just talk about the walnut tree in the back of my yard, but I wanna tell you that every time I see the walnut tree in the back of my yard, it reminds me, that's the key word, reminds me of another time uh, and, and really an uh, event that happened around another walnut tree. Y'all know what I'm saying there? Like there's certain things that you see that might evoke a memory of another time. And this specific time uh, was in Stevens Point in central Wisconsin. Don't judge me, I'm from Wisconsin. And my parents live out in the country. And as I was a youth pastor, I would take uh, a, a number of students to come and get that country experience uh, in the front yard of my parents' yard, our home <laughs> in central Wisconsin, and really take them out to the country to give these city folk this country experience, and, and it was awesome. Uh, so we would camp out, and we would make some good food, and we would go on to the river, and then we would go on to uh, onto our pond, and I put some rope swings, and we had ATVs, come on, come on. I had a goat cart, and, and it was always really swampy around my parents' yard. So literally, I'd put a whole rain gear on, and then the kids would just sit in their normal gear, and we'd go mudding, and at the end of it, I'd take the rain gear off, and they were marred for life. It was amazing. <laughs> But this one particular time, we, we, uh, my dad was giving me a hayride, which, or giving us a hayride, which was a highlight of the weekend, because uh, my dad's crazy. And he was, giving me, he was giving us a ride, and this one particular time, um, he drove past a walnut tree. Now, I say it's a hayride, but actually what it was was a couch ride. My dad, over time, saved all these old rotten couches and would store them in a barn for every year. And I'm telling you what, it was so mice infested, it was awesome. 
was so gross, so smelly, um, but we all really enjoyed it. And uh, anyway, we came across this um, oak, or I'm sorry, this walnut tree. And uh, beneath that walnut tree is literally hundreds of all these walnuts. And, and I, at that point, and don't, again, it's not about judgment today, but I had no idea what these were doing on all the ground. I'm like, is that a lime tree? Like, I, that can't be in Minnesota or in, in Wisconsin. Uh, and uh, so anyway, when we saw all these, uh, these uh, balls really laying uh, on the ground, we saw it as an opportunity to, um, to have a lot of fun while riding on a hayride. So we, we jumped off and we grabbed a bunch of those. And, and uh, there was a time where I kind of whipped one across the, the big trailer and hit a girl. And then I had to repent and, and forgive and then work that in another youth group uh, service down the road. Uh, but, uh, but, but what we found is we were trying to figure out uh, what that was. And, and uh, we found the most willing youth leader to help us out with that process. So they were kind of like digging their hands into the walnuts. And anybody familiar with walnuts, by the way? Inside the wall, on the core of that, or not the core, the outside and the skin, if you put your fingers in, what you'll find is there is what is known as walnut tar. And this stuff is gross and it's very stainable. And anyway, so we'd realize that, oh boy, this is kind of like staining our fingers and this is kind of cute. And then we convinced the craziest youth leader to take the largest bite out of one of those as possible. How do you know he realized very quickly it's too bitter and this is not to be eaten? But what was, it was too late because what he had done is he had stained his teeth and he had stained his lips like around here. His hands were stained. And we were laughing so hard we convinced him to make a walnut mustache. Now, what we didn't know is this, is that stuff does not wash off. It's like henna or permanent marker and probably just worse. And so for the rest of the week, when we saw Nick going around Rochester, he had that walnut stash. Can I hear an amen? Now, I tell you that because the walnut tree behind my house reminds me of that experience with another walnut tree. And that's what this weekend is all about. This weekend is all about remembering, remembering. It's a mark, it's a stain in history where we pause and we remember Jesus who lived and he died upon the cross. He was buried and he was resurrected. It's this reminder of all things Jesus. With all things Jesus, there is a teaching that I wanna speak about today that I believe can be applied to our lives today. And so if you have your Bibles, open up to John chapter 12. John chapter 12, verse 24. Contextually, what's happening is it is uh, six days before the Passover, and Jesus is teaching his disciples. He's giving his disciples an insight about himself, and yet encouraging them to follow his lead. Now, now uh, read, uh, read this with me. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. Can I just re-paraphrase this just for fun? If a single walnut falls off the tree and it dies, it will only remain a single seed. But if it dies, it can and it will produce many seeds. Anyone who loves, loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Verse 26, whoever serves me must follow me and where I am, my servant will also be. My father will honor the one who serves 
me. Now, let me make it extremely clear to you today. Jesus is that seed. Do you know that in the year of uh, year 2020, it was estimated that there are 2.4 billion people who claim to be Christian on this earth. It's one-third of the population as we know it. Why is that the case? It's because one life was laid down. One seed was planted, one seed was buried, one life offered, and it has produced this unbelievable harvest that we know today as the church. I mean, today there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of churches that are full today. Why? Because one seed, one life was buried and it was resurrected. So Jesus is that seed, but this story and, and this message and in this narrative, I don't want you just to see Jesus as a seed. I want you to hear what he's telling his disciples, what he wants to hear, he wants you to hear today. And that's in verse 25. He says, whoever serves me must follow me and where I am, my servants will also be. See, what Jesus was doing is was he, was, he was teaching his disciples not only would he die, not only would he be buried, not only would he be resurrected, but that was going to be our calling as well. That we are to step into a relationship with Jesus and as he laid his life down, so should we. And so I want to talk to you today really about four types of people that the message of the gospel, the message of Jesus confronts. Four specific people, four disciples, and, 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 and here they are. They're Thomas, Judas, Peter, and Mary. And let me just pause here for a, for a second. Mary, although she wasn't one of her 12, one of the 12 disciples as we know them, Mary was definitely a disciple and definitely a follower of Jesus. There are four specific people, as I've mentioned, and, and I believe there are four seeds to be buried and to die and to be reborn and reemerged from the grave that Jesus can resurrect in our life. And so just follow along with me. And, 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 and if I were to tell you that these four seeds could also be viewed as maybe motivations or mindsets that we have. The first individual is this, is Thomas. After Jesus' resurrection, Thomas was dejected. He actually was isolated and he was separated from the disciples. And he was steeped within a place of doubt. In fact, it's recorded that that. that that Thomas had said to the disciples that unless I see Jesus physically and unless I see the scars on his hand and on his feet, I will not believe. So what I'm trying to tell you is this, is Thomas was seated in, and really he was a skeptic. That Thomas was a skeptic. That was his mindset. Now let's jump to Judas. Now Judas, uh, if you know anything about him, is he ended up betraying Jesus. And what we know about Judas is this, is Judas was greedy and he was self-interested and he had his own agenda and really 
Metaphorically speaking, he was the material girl living in the material world, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Metaphorically speaking. But interesting enough, there was this uh, material girl who walked in and she had a perfume bottle in this one story, in this interaction where Jesus is teaching his disciples on some of these same things. And what she did is she came and she broke her perfume and she put it and anointed Jesus as a, as a response to worship and, and honor. And, and, and Judas's response to that very extravagant display of worship, his direct reaction was, why this waste? And he wasn't alone. Some of the other disciples agreed with him. And what they didn't know is at that time, Judas was actually saving some of that, that type of uh, donation for his own gain. See, Judas was seated in excess. And after he had displayed his disappointment, he went out and betrayed Jesus. He went to the leaders and said, oh, what would you give me so that I might hand over Jesus to you. Judas was seated in excess. How about Peter? Now, what we know about Peter is this, is he was loud and he was confident. Uh, he was prideful and he was sure of his commitment. We know that. I mean, he was the first one to speak on many occasions in the group as Jesus would ask him questions. And many times he was wrong, but he sure said it confidently. And when Jesus was participating in the Last Supper, Jesus explained to his disciples that you will all fall away. You will all deny me. You will all walk away. You will all flee. And, and Peter interrupted Jesus in Mark 14, 29 is the reference. And he says, even if everyone else loses faith, I will not. And what we need to see in Peter's life is this, is he was seated in his own ego. I just want to pause real quickly. As, I, as I've mentioned, about, I mentioned and I've talked about Thomas and him being a skeptic and Judas living within excess and Peter being egotistical, what do you relate to? I mean, if we were really to put a mirror to our soul, do we relate to one of those more than the other? And if we don't relate to any of those, well, let's talk about Mary. Mary, man, she was broken. This is after Jesus' burial. And she was scared and she was picking up the pieces and being responsible and making sure that, that Jesus' burial was correct. And she was steeped in sorrow and in grief. And in John 20, verse 11, we find Mary stood outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she bent over and she looked into the tomb and saw that it was empty. And Jesus came behind her and, and I believe the narrative and the story says that she, he put his hand on her back and simply just said, woman, why are you crying? Jesus understood the sorrow and the grief that Mary was sitting in. And if I were to tell you 
the one area and the one place and the one mindset and the mentality that Mary was seated in, it was despair. Some of you have walked into this place and you're, you're skeptical. Others of us, we, we just simply live within excess. Others of us, we, we're egotistical and we're, we're self-interested and, and we're prideful and, and the Lord wants to begin to confront those things. I'm telling you, the story of Jesus's resurrection begins to confront these areas of our life and yet there are others of us and we are just in despair. Our lives are torn apart. Our, li- our, our, our plan is uprooted and, 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 and our life feels like it is rotting away. And I'm telling you this is this isn't just to share the need of humanity, but I wanna tell you today that the story of Easter is hope that Jesus who died and he was buried was also resurrected. And if we follow Jesus, then I believe this, is that there is hope for the world. There's hope for me and there's hope for you. Can I hear an amen? Amen. See, the Easter message is this, in death there is life. And the Easter message shows us that death doesn't get the final say but that we can find life and live it through Jesus. See, for the skeptic, I'd encourage you to bury bury that mindset and that motivation in Jesus because I believe every skeptic, you can find a certain level of sureness and security just like Thomas experienced through Jesus. If we have excess in our life and we're steeped in greed and self-interest, I believe if we bury that today, that Jesus can produce an attitude of enough. And as for Peter and the issues of his own ego, I believe if we begin to bury that in and we submit that to Christ, that Jesus can produce employment employment within the kingdom of God, just like he called Peter to do, as what he called the rock of the church. And finally, Mary, I believe, although she was seated in despair, I believe as Mary gave that to Jesus, buried that small seed in the ground metaphorically within Jesus that it can produce delight in every single one of us. If I could say this, I believe that if a single walnut can produce a great harvest, it's safe to say that our life can be stained and changed by the story of Easter and the person of Jesus, that there is hope in him, in him alone. Will you just close your eyes? Will you just bow your heads just in folk, for a focal reason to forget about those who are sitting next to you and to 
to really focus into the voice of the Holy Spirit. And I, I just want you to ask yourself this and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal this one thing to you today is what should I bury today? Holy Spirit, what are you calling us to bury? What are you calling us to give to you? What is that seed? If just kept to ourselves and not buried within you, will only rot and decay and will produce nothing. What is that thing that if we bury it into in a fertile ground and in, in the concepts of who you are and what you can do, what would you produce in and, in and through us? The Holy Spirit speak to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. John Kelvin, the Kelvin of Kelvinism, and I'm not sure what your theology is, but regardless, he writes this. And, uh, he writes this about Jesus, and I think it is, it is very important for us to remember this today. And let me just read it to you. Jesus Christ alone, for he was sold to buy us back, captive to deliver us, condemned to absolve us. He was made a curse for our blessing, sin offering for our righteousness, marred that we may be made fair. He died for our life, so that in him fury is made gentle, wrath appeased, darkness turned into light, fear reassured, reassured despisal despised, debt, debt canceled, labor lightened, sadness made merry, misfortune made fortune, fortunate, difficulty easy, disorder ordered, division united, shame ennobled, rebellion subjected, Intimidation intimidated, ambush uncovered, combat combated, war warred against, vengeance avenged, torment tormented, damnation damned, the abyss sunk into the abyss, hell transfixed, death dead, mortality made immortal. In short, mercy was swallowed up, has mercy has swallowed up all misery. misery that is the gospel, and that is Jesus. Can I hear an amen? amen? I go to church where you stand up today as we contemplate the seed that we need to bury, that we need to surrender to Jesus today. Let us remember that Jesus is that seed and he calls us to follow in his footsteps. And here at Echo, we pray a prayer as a reminder that we cannot do life alone. It's a prayer that reminds us that although at moments we feel far from God, God is always calling us to be near to him. And some of you walked into this place and Maybe you're a skeptic, maybe, maybe you live within excess and, 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 and you feel like you don't need God, maybe you're egotistical, maybe you're in a place of despair. And I would just tell you this, that Jesus is the answer and where life begins is where our, end, our life ends and we welcome Jesus to lead us. So it's a prayer of surrender. 
It says, I don't have it all figured out, but you do, and we put our hope and trust in you. So this morning, I'll invite those who have never prayed this to pray this for the very first time, and yet I want to remind us that pray this every week to make this a significant prayer for us today as we bury those seeds once again in Jesus and Jesus alone. Echo Church, let's pray. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name and his authority. Amen. Let us make this song our prayer.
Jesus comes to Mary outside the tomb. And he's like, what's up? And I want you to know that at that moment, all the disciples except for Thomas and Jude, so all the other disciples are locked in a room. Do you know why they're locked in the room? They are scared to death. They have no idea what's going to happen. And Pastor Andy talked about the idea of the seed. And the seed has to die so that it can grow. And I want you to know this. The difference in the disciples' lives, just like the difference in our lives, is the resurrected power of Jesus. That is the difference maker. And I just want to, I just want to speak for just one second on, if you're struggling with something, there are some things you want to change in your life. I just don't know anything more powerful than the resurrected power of Jesus. So I just want to encourage you with that today as something just to take with you for Easter. Now here at Echo, we love to celebrate. Can we celebrate with those that are here for the very first time today? Come on. Now, if that's you, I want you to make your way back to the table over there. There's some bunny ears I see. There's some people hanging out at the info table. We want to give you a coffee gift card, get to know your name, and welcome you to Echo. Now, we also like to celebrate another group of people. How about those that said the prayer for the very first time today? Come on. That is amazing. We're so glad you're with us. Echo Church, happy Easter. We love you, and we hope you have an amazing week, and we will see you next week right back in this place. Thanks so much. Have a great week. Oh,